0: more than your mind podcast with Raphael. Expand your understanding of holistic wellness with consciousness coach and holistic counsellor Raphael as we apply learnings at the forefront of neuroscience, nervous system research and psychology coupled with the wisdom of alternative medicine, embodiment, philosophy and intuition. To educate you with practices and tools to manage your anxiety, overcome cycles of burnout, toxic patterns of relating, unconscious coping mechanisms, guilt, fear and more so that you can deepen your relationship with yourself and others to feel happier, healthier holistically and have more confidence to be seen. And welcome to this episode deep diving into what is conscious cognition. What is conscious cognition? So consciousness is the connection and knowledge gaining of who you are and a deeper connection to yourself so that you can be more deliberate and intentional with what you want to do and where you want to go. Cognition is the activities that go on in the brain. This includes thoughts feelings, the hormonal process, the synaptic connections that go on and today we're going to deep dive into how to deepen the conscious relationship with cognition, with your brain, to have a more balanced approach to life and to step away from anxiety. So if you're somebody who suffers from anxiety in varying levels, particularly if you have high functioning levels of anxiety, so you hold down a job, you do really well, sometimes you find that actually your anxiety has you know, gotten you to where you are right now, but you might be suffering from panic attacks, you might be having trouble going to sleep at night and you're realizing that your anxiety is stealing your happiness, then this is the episode for you. The vast majority of clients I've worked with suffer from some sort of level of anxiety from very mild through to severe but high functioning levels of anxiety. So still holding down jobs or still in you know functional relationships but might be having panic attacks quite regularly having high levels of you know heart flutters and realizing that anxiety has taken over their life. So before we get into how do we actually process this and move forward, I want to talk a little bit about what anxiety actually is at a cognitive level. Because anxiety is not you. Anxiety is a part of your brain called the amygdala, which is one of the oldest parts of your brain, firing up to create a fight or flight response within you in the the presence of danger. Now, back when we were cave people, back before the days of technology and these big screens and big noises and crazy things going on that heighten anxiety, there was always a proportion of the population that had anxiety. This is believed to be a biological imperative that helps to plan ahead and forecast for potential risks to the tribe or to the group. So, back in the day, having anxiety crop up and having these fears and worries and analyzing and thinking about the future actually helps to keep the tribe alive. However, typically with anxiety, the amygdala is fired and we go into fight or flight mode in a situation where there is danger. So when we were cave people, this meant when, you know, a a lion was there, our amygdala would get fired, we would run, we would do what we needed to do, and then we would get back into a safe space. Or maybe there was a tribal war going on, and for a brief period, you were in heightened levels of anxiety for extended periods, and then safety would come back, and your brain would start to function without the amygdala being continuously switched on. Now, part of the problem today is that in society and the way modern society is, there is so much in the world that actually fires up the amygdala. And for those of us, including myself, who have a naturally active amygdala, this can mean that it's switched on all the time. Things like traffic noise, high levels of advertising and screen time, fast-paced jobs that require hours and hours of work, stressful situations where there's a lot of pressure on finances, on deadlines, on meetings, right? These are all things that can contribute to the brain thinking that there is danger there and the amygdala firing up. Now, This sounds like the majority of people working in a corporate um, or high-paced environment, right? So for those people who have a level of naturally wired anxious brain, it's not unusual that then your amygdala would be fired more and you'd actually be functioning in a fight or flight mode Really, really regularly. I'm going to go into what this means at a nervous system level in another one of these trainings, so please jump on to one of the later ones around conscious nervous system to hear more about how that impacts the body. But what we're going to talk about at a cognitive level is that when the amygdala is fired, this actually reduces the function of the prefrontal cortex the the front part of our brain that makes deeper decision making that processes information this is one of the more modern parts of our brain that separates us from other animals and in the that separates us from other animals and helps to contribute to our level of intelligence now when the amygdala is fired and we're in a fight or flight mode that processing power of our prefrontal cortex is reduced. Now, our brains are essentially a computer. They aren't intelligent in and of themselves. Our brain is actually a muscle with a whole lot of synaptic connections that fire off little electrodes that go and create thoughts, create signals, create hormonal changes what creates the intelligence within us is when we have the connection between our brain, our eyes, our organs, our body that allows us to take action on the thoughts of the brain. Now there's a lot that goes into contributing to the brain and the signals that are happening within our brains and so part of looking at your health holistically is also looking at the connection between the brain and the gut and the very important aspect of what you're putting in your body and how that's actually influencing the brain and the synaptic connections that are going, as well as what you are feeding your mind through visual stimulus, through verbal stimulus. So what you're listening to, what you're watching, what screen time you're having, what screen time you're not having, Because all of these, along with many other things that we'll talk about in later episodes, these all contribute to the way that your brain functions. Because it's a muscle. So it can change, it can be rewired, and it can grow or it can shrink, just as any other muscle. Now it is a very intelligent muscle, but it is a muscle. So it is malleable. And a big part of the malleability and a big part of what drives behavior, so the brain creating these actions within our body, is the drive of hormones. Now, unfortunately, a lot of the way that society and technology is now feeds off these very historic primal hormonal desires that we have as homo sapiens. So we have a desire for dopamine and serotonin and a lot of technology these days, a lot of advertising feeds on this very primal desire for the hit of these chemical compounds. And it's so easy to get a hit of these chemical compounds now You know, all you have to do is go on social media and see that a few people have liked a post of yours and you get an instantaneous dopamine hit. We've become very impatient. We've become very motivated and driven to jump around, to buy lots of things, to be on social media. And this is actually led by a chemical desire from our brains for chemicals like dopamine, serotonin, and endorphins. So a big part of understanding and moving to a more conscious relationship with your cognition is coming to accept that we are all homo sapiens. We are all human beings who have these desires for these chemical hits. We have a brain that can be molded and shaped and is constantly being molded and shaped by those things around us externally, external stimulus, as well as the thoughts that circle around in our brains that are essentially like a computer. Now, the amygdala is there to keep us safe. The amygdala is the voice of anxiety, typically. It's the voice that goes, there's danger. It's the voice that often creates what's called anxious loops or loop thoughts that lead us into these downward spirals when we have a fired-off amygdala or when you suffer from anxiety. Now, in order to manage anxiety long-term, we actually need to turn off the amygdala for sustained periods, We need to create connections and fire up other parts of our brain that have different and unique thoughts. We need to lean into acts of creativity that engage the prefrontal cortex, that close off and make it safe for the amygdala. We need to engage in acts of creativity or sustained acts of rest so that we can engage other parts of our brain like our prefrontal cortex and to be able to actively switch off the amygdala. This requires a balance of actions and shifts and small Daily routines in order to give yourself the time and space to do this. This can be achieved through things like breath work, through meditation, through creative pursuits, through dance and movement, through embodiment, through connection and talk therapy. These are all things that I incorporate in the work I do because not one mold fits one person, fits every person. These are all the different Tools that I engage with people when they work with me because not one methodology fits every person. You can't use a cookie cutter approach to anxiety and to burnout and overwhelm because for each person there's a different reason that they've been got to this place where their amygdala is so fired. Now, if you're listening to this and you're going, Well, I don't have anxiety, I've never been diagnosed with it, I don't have an issue. Often, people actually do experience levels of anxiety, but they may be what's known in the mental health industry as high-functioning anxious people, whereby you might not have deep levels of anxiety that mean you have to be on medication, or you might not have ever sought mental health support, you may have never had a panic attack, but you might have this deeper level of anxiousness this deeper level of oh something bad might happen you might notice it in things like when you go to have a lie down and a chill you can't sit without thinking ahead or worrying about something. You can't take a bath without being on your phone or without worrying or considering future outcomes. You might notice it in that you're always thinking about the future and very rarely positively reflecting on the past or even being in the present. You might find it in having difficulty going to sleep and and periods of insomnia. You might find it in that you just You can't rest. You can't just relax and sit down and chill. These are all signs that you are suffering from some level of anxiety that might be high functioning, but that it is creating a pattern where you're not able to switch off the amygdala or you're not able to get into that calmer level of presence, where contentment, where joy, where even emotions and experiences like euphoria and bliss are possible. I've worked with a lot of people who've spent years in therapy, and found that going to a therapist once a week and talking about their issues hasn't resolved their anxiety. They may have even tried things like meditation and mindfulness. But a lot of people struggle to sit in meditation for long periods of time. Or find that it's a tool that's not necessarily practical for them to find five minutes in the middle of their busy work day to be able to sit down and meditate. The great news is that there are so many tools and lifestyle shifts that you can make outside of mindfulness practices and meditation in order to reduce your levels of anxiety and to be able to manage them a lot more smoothly. In the next episode, I'm going to talk through about what actually happens at that thought level from a cognition point of view with anxiety and what a more conscious cognition looks like. So, I look forward to sharing that with you in the next episode. Thank you for tuning in to More Than Your Mind podcast with Raphael. If you'd like to stay in the know and get a range of free content, you can sign up for my mailing list at empoweredwithraphael.com or follow me on any social media platforms, Empowered with Raphael. If you've loved this episode, I'd love to hear from you. Please feel free to leave a comment on the podcast channel you've been listening to or send me a message about your experience of listening to the podcast. If you'd like to work together, please reach out through social media or email to discuss further. Thank you for spending this time with me. Until the next chapter, Raphael.